0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin And joining me again is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? How's it going, Mike? It's going pretty good. There's a lot uh, going on in the NBA right before the All-Star Break, and uh, it could be an interesting all-star break as well. So it's all it's all good right now.
1: Oh, uh, the All-Star Break is always kind of a fun time of year, isn't it?
0: I love the All-Star Break. A lot of people are like, man, the All-Star Break's boring and the dunk contest is never interesting. That's not true. The dunk contest is interesting three out of every four years. I don't care. One year, there's like a really bad year. But then the other three years, something great happens or something like absurdly amazing happens. Like the stuff that Aaron Gordon was doing last year was out of this world. That was like Blake 2.0 stuff.
1: The only year I can remember it being bad in the last quite a few years was the year that like every guy who dunked no one had ever heard of
0: yeah you got they can't just have nobodies in there, but I think was that the year though there were some pretty still some pretty good dunks
1: honestly i just uh, i couldn't get into it just because I was like well who's this guy is he even a real n b a player like he'd played like two minutes on the year
0: yeah i forget i forget what year that was um somebody from denver was it somebody from denver did the behind the back dunk from n b a two k or yeah from two k and like he got like forty four, and everybody, I was like, "What? How do you give that a forty four? Didn't even make like the second round." And I was like, "I was like, this is bogus. This is a bad. This is a bad year." But you know, the three point contest is always good. Uh, didn't Boogie win the skills competition last year? Um, it was definitely a big guy. It might have been Carl Anthony Towns, even. Oh, it might have been Carl Anthony Towns. I forget which one. It might, yeah, I think it was Carl Anthony Towns actually.
1: Yeah, two thousand twelve. This dunk contest was not good. Jeremy Evans from the Jazz On. Now whoa. they did have Paul George, but the other people were Chase Buttinger and Derek Williams.
0: Oh my gosh. That everyone was like, rest in peace, dunk contest. It'll, it'll never be a better one than Vince Carter. LeBron is soft for not doing a dunk contest. Oh, that's every year. People say that every year.
1: And then the next year was not a ton better. In 2013, it was Terrence Ross, Jeremy Evans, Gerald Green, James White, Kenneth Farid, and Eric blitzow I
0: think Gerald Green did the behind the back dunk. I'm going to have to look that up. Go. This is a good time, especially if you got NBA TV. I think they show a lot of the dunk contests. This is a great time to go back and watch old dunk contests.
1: Gerald Green won in 2007. I'll give him some
0: props for that. And he made a comeback in, like, what, 13?
1: Yep. And wow. Fred Jones from Indiana won in 2004, and I just still don't know who that is.
0: All right, yeah. Let's, uh, let's quickly move on from Fred Jones. Um, boy. So, yeah, I love, I love the all-star break, and I have not actually – I guess I'll announce it right now to get people excited about our next show but I have not even talked to you about this, but I'm thinking we got an all-star surprise for everybody, for everybody who's a degenerate gambler like myself. I think we're going to be doing a uh, an all-star draft. Oh. And so I, I, I have a little bit of a tradition uh, amongst my friends where on Saturday – we get together and we uh, everybody picks a guy and you get points if they win or come in second place on each of the events. So there's a little bit of strategy there. And then on Sunday we watch the game and it's, we turn it into a rebounds assist in points point league. And we only count those three stats. And then we, uh, we, we draft the entire rosters and then whoever, you know, you place a, a, uh, a gentleman's bet on it and uh, it's always a good time. It's a fun time every year. It's a good tradition.
1: But yeah, and I mean, it seems like it's, it's not uh, the all-star game is often not rooted in, in logic. Some crazy things happen. So it seems like it would just be fun time to uh, rag your friends. At least.
0: It's, 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 it makes it more entertaining for sure. Uh, Cause sometimes it does. Uh, there's a little bit of a lull in those all-star games. Uh, I do miss the days when people did actually semi try to play defense. Go watch some of those highlights from maybe like the late 90s. Like, people are kind of fouling each other, like, kind of hard in those games. Like, there's some animosity back in the league back in the day that there is not. There's no animosity anymore. Let's go to LeBron's party after the year. He's ruining the the hatred during the All-Star game, which is probably good for, um, you know, not injuring someone during the All-Star game.
1: Come on, I thought it was Mike hates on the Bulls, not Mike hates on the All-Star game.
0: No, no, I love the All-Star game, even though it's soft now. Um, it's still entertaining. It's still a good time. And then there's always the uh, there's like secret animosity. So there could be a lot of animosity this year with Westbrook and the uh, Golden State Warriors all being on the same team. That should be interesting.
1: Oh, I'm hoping that we see an All-Star throwdown.
0: Yeah, I want I want to see like Westbrook freeze the entire Golden State Warrior team out, out there, and Kerr have to make a move about it, and that's gonna be great. If, if Kerr's smart enough, Kerr is smart enough to not let anything happen. I trust in Kerr.
1: In Kerr, we trust. Oh yeah.
0: The, the, Would you say what's the over under on uh, hard fouls? It's got to be uh, one and a half. Are you taking the over or the under?
1: I am taking the over. Wow. It's going to be tight in the fourth quarter, and they're actually going to try for, like, the last four minutes of the game. That's,
0: always, that's my favorite part because then you see, like, who wants it, who's going at each other. That's the best part of the game.
1: I thought you were just excited to see Kevin Hart in the celebrity game.
0: Oh, my God. Get rid of that guy. Stop bringing him on television. He, ru- he ruins the celebrity game, which I actually kind of enjoy um it's always fun to see some random celebrity who you didn't know like the guy from arcade fire he's got like mad basketball skills and he should have won like the mvp a couple of years ago and they gave it to kevin hart because he's kevin hart and he hogs the ball and doesn't shut up and then has like a feud with Shaq in the middle of the game that nobody cares about it's terrible tell us how you really feel i don't Kevin Hart, stay out of my All-Star weekend. I'm tired of it. Is he in the Celebrity Game this year? Have Get Tracy Morgan in there. Tracy Morgan, I, I like him way better than Kevin Hart. Uh, can Can Tracy Morgan play basketball in now? No, probably uh, not. After the, uh, the thing, uh, respect Tracy Morgan for coming back after a horrific, uh, was that, car wreck?
1: Yeah, you got hit head on by like a Walmart tractor trailer. Yeah, I think he's like
0: in some movies right now. Oh. So good for him. Tracy Morgan, one of my favorite SNL cast members.
1: Oh man, you are going to be excited for this celebrity game. Yeah, I'm give, me, give me a quick list. Um, Mark. Cuban. Well, you know
0: Let's save this for Wednesday's show. All
1: right, because but gotta, I will tell you, Mark Cuban is going to play.
0: Oh, then I don't want to watch the. I don't want to watch the game. Actually, what's the over under on Mark Cuban getting fouled real hard?
1: Um, um, no, nah, I don't think it's going to happen. You should see the other team. They're not fouling uh, him all right. hard. All right. Well, that will be suspense for, for Wednesday's show.
0: Uh, we'll go through the a whole all-star break um, and talk, you know, cause you got to talk about something. It's a little bit of a lull unless there's a giant trade that happened, which a trade did happen. We are going to get to that uh, later in the show, but first we got to go to the news. Um, something that we, I would say we broke on Wednesday uh, cause it happened Wednesday, last Wednesday, uh, Jabari Parker, Looked like he went down with a bad lane injury. We kind of suggested that, you know, I think you suggested that Middleton's um, stock was going to go up, which I think it did. Uh, Jabari Parker, horrible news. uh, Tours ACL. uh, Again, same ACL. He is out for a full year. He will not be back until next February. Uh, Devastating news for Milwaukee Bucks fans. And for me, because I was going to go see the Bucks in March, um, but yeah, and Jabari, because he was having a really, really great year. So we've gotten three games under our belt since Jabari has uh, been out, including tonight's game. Tyler, what do you, what have you seen so far for the Milwaukee Bucks? Should be uh, anyone be we be paying attention to, or any moves we should be making in standard leagues?
1: Um, Well, first, I just want to say that it's really bad news for Jabari in a lot of sense. I mean, the year year missed, obviously, that you mentioned. But this is the second time he tore that ACL. and, And I think that anytime you have multiple injuries to the same body part, that's a little more concerning to me than, oh, he broke his hand one year and he broke his foot the next year and he broke his whatever the next year. I think that like once you have a you know a lot of injuries in the same area, you get some chronic issues that could be troubling down the line. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something to watch going forward. Um, that it might scare you off Jabari Parker a little bit. Um, other players, um, they've been starting both Thon Maker and Michael Beasley since this injury. I kind of playing well, small. Not small, sure small anyone could have
0: predicted that it would be a Beasley Thon Maker. Uh, starting lineup right after them, They're like oh yeah yeah, they'll definitely go with Thon Maker and Beasley to come in. Like that, that couldn't have been your first guess.
1: Well, and I think too, it's it's been interesting that they haven't really played Spencer Hawes at all, or they haven't really played John Henson um, since then, and they've basically only been playing one center, in Greg Monroe. Um, so I think it, that, go ahead. Then they trade for uh,
0: both uh, Hawes and Hibbard.
1: Yeah, and how I, I don't think Hebert even made the active list yet, has he?
0: Um I don't know. I'd have to go check, but uh I thought he played one like one of those first games when he uh when he got traded. I thought he played like one game. And then um
1: his knee shattered immediately. He has not played an, a single minute oh. since being acquired by the Bucks. Um in in five oh. games and Here's what I'll say. He looked bad last year with the Lakers in the games I saw, which was a lot. He just looked like he couldn't move anymore. And the few minutes I've seen him play in Charlotte this year, which granted in any game, he topped out at about 22 minutes, so it was never that much. Um, Other than the very first game of the season, he looked horrendous. So I cannot imagine him really getting any minutes unless he's the last option.
0: No. Uh, definitely not. There, uh, It is interesting that they're going with Thonmaker. I think there is something a little bit there with Thonmaker. He's had at least a couple flashes of interesting NBA-type plays. He's still raw, like incredibly raw, and he might also be 35. But um, he, against Indiana, he had a decent night. He played 21 minutes. Um Maker against L.A., uh, played 17 minutes, so he's, he's not getting, a, I think, enough minutes to be standardly relevant at all. Um, but he he's definitely getting a, a hard look from Jason Kidd. Uh, are you interested in him in uh, in deeper
1: leagues at all? Um, in like a 16 or 20-team league, I mean, obviously, he he's probably worth owning just because he's going to play some minutes. And he's long. He's got those long arms, uh, like a typical Milwaukee love player um, which usually tends to getting you some steals and some blocks and, and we all know how difficult those are to find in deeper leagues
0: yeah um, I, I wouldn't mind just seeing where this goes if he uh, you know starts playing a little bit better but it's a deep league only type of player uh, even keeper leagues I wouldn't even I wouldn't bother uh, with Thon maker if you're in a standard keeper league. I mean, yeah, he's young, he's got a lot of potential, but look at the the amount of talent ahead of him on this team. He would really have to make a a pretty large breakout over the summer, and I I don't see that happening uh, for old Thon Maker. But we'll see. It it depends on how many of these centers, since they have like 13 centers on this team now, how many of them get moved or what happens in the offseason with Milwaukee. Uh, One of the guys I actually – I think I'm more interested in now after these, uh, the sample size of those first three games is Greg Monroe. Um, Greg Monroe can be valuable in limited minutes, but he has uh, actually gotten a little bit more tick with the uh, Jabari injury. And that kind of makes sense because uh, Greg Monroe is, can play the four he's a, he's a, he can play the power forward and, He's got in a 26-minute game where he had 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two blocks and a steal. And then um, tonight, of course, when I decide to sit him on a lot of my teams, 25 points, 13 rebounds, three steals, and two assists. Um, I think if Greg Monroe is not owned in a standard league right now, I would pick him up, uh, take a flyer on him. I don't know how consistent his minutes are going to be, but right now, two nights in a row, over 26 minutes or more, Two very good uh, nights, and Jabari is not coming
1: back. All right, so it's a given that we can't trust Jason Kidd for the minutes. But no. I'm going to say Jabari Parker gets 28 – or not Jabari Parker, Craig Monroe, I'm sorry, gets 28 minutes a game the rest of the season. Wow. Going out, okay. going out there. That's no,
0: no, a, no, no. I think it's pretty safe.
1: Okay, so what do you think he produces as far as value?
0: Greg Monroe in twenty eight minutes if he's consistently good at play, which when he does, I do. um, I like I like Greg Monroe quite a bit. Um, He's a sneaky good steals guy. He's he's good at rebounding. I think he's capable. He's a good scorer too. Obviously, Uh, his real knock is his defense is, um, you know, kind of trash. I would say twenty eight minutes a game. You could probably see mm, probably 14, 14, 15 points, um, maybe eight rebounds, a steal and a half, maybe, and a couple assists, nothing big on the assists. And I'm not going to go on a. I think you know his percentages probably stay the same. And you know half a block, I don't think his blocks are going to suddenly blow up uh, just because of more playing time. He has already been averaging 21 minutes a game this season. So a a nice bump across the board, which I I think bumps him into not just standard league relevancy, but just a a starter in standard leagues. So, I mean,
1: he's he's a top 100 player if he gets the minutes. And I just don't really see anyone standing in his way from getting him other than Jason Kidd's wackiness.
0: Yeah, Jason Kidd's – I think he's – Jason Kidd's trying to, like, prove that he's, like, some sort of, like – sneaky good coach like oh man look at him playing starting Thon maker that's something popovich would do it's like no Jason Kidd, kid like you're you're over analyzing your own self like you're you're taking it a step too far popovich would bring Thon maker in for like a third like a whole fourth quarter like on a tuesday that's what popovich would do he wouldn't just start starting him left and right after an injury it's, it would make it makes more sense to get their uh to get their starters put together.
1: I'm with you. I mean, I I just think the kid, he kids, his own detriment sometimes. You know what I mean? He just he thinks too much about everything and thinks he's going to outsmart himself. Yeah. So speaking last, of that, I would last say... of my Milwaukee Bucks questions. Okay, are you yeah. interested in Michael Beasley?
0: That was exactly what I was going to say. Speaking of outsmarting yourself, Michael Beasley. Tonight, 31 minutes, 23 points, 4 assists, 3 steals, 3 rebounds. Don't outsmart yourself. Don't pull a Jason Kidd, which if Jason Kidd pulls a Jason Kidd and and tries to play Beasley a ton, this this is going to backfire. But I'm saying do not try to outsmart yourself. I don't think Beasley is standard league relevant. I think he's had... Um, For some reason, Jason Kidd has put him in the starting lineup at least one of the one of these games, which is a little bit silly. I uh, I'm not really sure where they're going with that, but Michael Beasley is a placeholder until Middleton is able to play 30 minutes and starts. And so I'm guessing Beasley's got about five more games of heavier minutes in him before he's back to a 17 minute per night roll.
1: I am one hundred percent behind you, but with that being said, um, and I'm actually agreeing with you here. In a deeper league, he could be worth the stream just for the points.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. I would even say in a standard league, if he's going to play thirty one minutes, I would stream him. I just wouldn't waste a roster spot, uh, like a permanent roster spot on him at all. Uh, I'd only pick, pick him up and stream him in head to head leagues.
1: I'm with you, and I don't really think he's going to produce much, if anything else, even if he gets big minutes. I think it's basically just going to be points and not much else. So let's, let's rank them. Rest of the year, would you rather have
0: Chris Middleton or – well, I'll start at Beasley. Would you rather have Mike Beasley or Greg Monroe rest of the year?
1: Definitely Greg Monroe.
0: Would you rather have Greg Monroe or
1: Malcolm Brogdon the rest of the year? Oh man, now it's getting tough. I'm going to say Monroe just because Brogdon's minutes seem to be heading in the wrong direction.
0: I I think I agree with that. What about Greg Monroe versus Chris
1: Middleton? Now that's getting difficult. I'm going to say Middleton just because I think after the all-star break here, he starts ramping it up a little bit, starts playing some more minutes and really, really, really looks good.
0: If Greg Monroe goes back to thirty plus minutes a game, I think we now have a real contest on Chris Middleton versus Greg Monroe. But if Middleton also comes back, plays you know thirty plus minutes a game, and is old, Chris Middleton it's Chris Middleton.
1: I totally agree there.
0: All right, um, let's go to the second injury of the of the evening. Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love, apparently, and I I didn't see what happened, but apparently uh, some of the articles I've read, no one really knows when this injury happened. But uh, Love's getting a second look, uh, a second opinion on an MRI on his knee, and he has been ruled out of Tuesday's game against the Timberwolves pretty um concerning to to hear that they're getting a they want to get a second mri and another look from a different doctor um are you how concerned are you about coming
1: love uh, pretty concerned in the sense that i think that you don't get a second opinion if you're all right um and so i think
0: you don't hear a lot of pe- a lot of players being like we're going to get a second opinion and the guys like no, you're you're fine. That other guy said you tore your ACL, but you're fine, man. It doesn't happen.
1: Um. So I think that it's safe to say that he's out. You know, for the the ten days here or twelve till you know the All Star break concludes, and I think he could be out a while past that as well.
0: Would you take a? I, I think this is kind of a risky move, but with the second MRI, you're kind of you're you're, you're kind of th- Guessing here, but would you just trade Love right before the All Star break and get whatever you can for him? Do you think it's that serious? Because if you wait until you hear that he's out for this many days, you're not going to get any anything for him. But then you're also taking the risk that he's fine in about ten days. Or which way I'm feeling here, but uh, like you said, two MRIs that that's never a good sign. Well,
1: I think. It depends on what you're getting, obviously. Um, and, and we we could play your patented trade game if you like. I mean, I don't think I'm selling him for the worst player on someone else's roster just because, I mean, I think I could probably pick up someone similar to that on, on the waiver wire.
0: So let's say in the last um, three months, he's been ranked 26th. Last two months, he's been ranked 52nd. So let's go somewhere in between. And we're going to go comparable maybe. Um, somewhat comparable. Anyway, what about straight up? If you got Paul Millsap back,
1: Paul Millsap. Oh, I'm definitely taking Millsap.
0: Yeah, I, I would. Do, I would do that for sure. Um, I'm a little surprised that uh, Kevin Love is ranked higher than Millsap. I probably should pay more attention. What about
1: <laughs> Serge Ibaka? <sighs> Well, Serge Ibaka is another guy who's probably going to be traded, right? That is the word on the street. But uh, um, I, I think I'm taking Ibaka because this sounds bad.
0: Yeah, I think I would too. Um, I'd take Paul Millsap. I don't know. I'm not a huge uh, Kevin Love fan, obviously, because I thought he was ranked much lower. Uh, he's having a pretty good year, and he's getting good rebounds and, and, and threes, which um, we all know he is capable of. It is a little bit risky. Uh would you do Brooke Lopez straight up?
1: Another guy he might be traded? I think I'm taking Brooke Lopez. I think that my my number is is a little further down this of guys I would take um for Kevin Love uh, I right think, now. I, th- I think
0: Brook Lopez might be my limit. I don't think I would trade Brooke Lopez for love straight up even with the the questionable injury because uh, you're at least getting something back, but then again, well, Brooke Lopez has been very you know healthy. Surprisingly. So, um, you know, you, you do have an injury risk with Brook Lopez. But you also have the trade the possibility where he could go into a situation where right now he's averaging 29 minutes a game, uh, but he could move to a contender and play, you know, 34, 35. Have,
1: have we talked about this Brook Lopez foot thing before? I mean, we talked about how he's injury prone. Um, the foot thing when he had the last surgery he had, which was – You'd have to refresh my memory. Two years ago now, maybe three. I think it was two. Um, basically, what they said when he had the surgery, and I read two or three different articles that said this: that the doctor was quoted as saying, "This basically fixes the foot thing that he had, or he never plays basketball again." Jeez. And it seems to have fixed it, right? Because I think kid. it was
0: three. It was actually three seasons ago. So I think that's very safe that it uh, it fixed it.
1: Um so yeah so I'm thinking as far as the foot goes that should be good now I'm thinking Yeah I still I still Not don't that know. I'm, I'm I'm always I'm I'm the same in the same boat as you on at the draft day I'm always like ooh, Brooke Lopez always seems to get hurt but from hearing that and then now looking back on it it looks like Brooke Lopez might be pretty all right
0: yeah, he's got a bad reputation, but two years in a row plus this year, um, and he's stepping out hitting a lot of threes. That's that's nice to see. Um, I think he's safer when it comes to injuries, but I don't think I would trade Love for Lopez unless I knew uh, inside job that uh, that lo- Love was out done for probably the rest of the year. I don't know if I. It, it's a, it's a risky it's a risky move, but I, I would consider uh, moving Love just in case.
1: I thought you were going to ask me Carmelo Anthony for love, like the uh, real-life swap.
0: No, I have not. Uh, I, I, Carmelo's not going to go to Brooklyn. That's ridiculous. No, that will never happen. I don't think Carmelo's leaving. A lot of people are very, oh, Melo's going to leave New York. Melo's not going anywhere.
1: I, I think that there's only two teams Melo could go to, and I don't really see either team trading for him. I think the two teams are the Clippers and the Cavs would be the only two teams he would play for. Yeah, and the Cavs don't
0: have anything to trade, and the Clippers really don't either.
1: Well, the Clippers – I actually wrote an article for Hashtag Basketball about the Clippers' trade rumors that just came out today. Um, Great plug. Excellent plug. The Clippers could trade, basically, Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers to make the salary work, which – I mean if, if you're the Clippers you're probably thinking, "Okay, well that works." Sure, um, but
0: if you're the but how many it, picks are you giving up on top of that?
1: Well, well, here's the thing. Because of that new rule where you can only trade your pick every other year, um the Clippers cannot trade a draft pick until 2021. Really? Yeah. Because they've already traded this year's and they've traded 2019.
0: I don't know if I'm a huge fan of these rules that are saving GMs from themselves. Like I get why they're being instated because there's some absolutely horrid GMs out there, worse than um, the Bulls. But you know, sometimes I, sometimes I forget that like Sacramento and Orlando and the Suns are all around.
1: Like <laughs> those are really, really bad, horribly ran teams. Oh no, no doubt about that. So my point being in saying that is that is any team going to be interested in trading for a pick in 2021? I mean, not – No, not Brooklyn.
0: They need need something right now.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, I I just don't think uh, that they are going to get Carmelo Anthony either. Yeah. That's what actually
0: uh, – The big trade, which – we're about to get into uh, moved around enough draft picks for maybe uh, the Portland trailblazers to go after Brook Lopez. Cause they have three number one draft picks in this year's draft, a very loaded draft. So that's a, I think that's an interesting hypothetical I've been seeing bouncing around on the internet. Can they afford Brooke Lopez? I'm not entirely sure. I've not run the trade uh, machine numbers yet. I think it, they can make it work. If they if they move a few players, but I I have not looked at it. It might be a good one to look at.
1: Brooke Lopez making twenty one million dollars this year and twenty two and a half, a little over twenty two and a half million dollars next year. Um, Portland is in a really weird cap situation with all those contracts they signed. Um, yeah, a lot of bad like,
0: contracts.
1: Well, good. Uh, no, argument. seemed okay at the time, but some of them not so great. Well, and to sign Alan Crabb for, what was it, like 50, 60 million? I mean, it was just like, that just seems insane. Literally, Alan Crabb makes like the, 17, he's like the 17th highest played player this year.
0: Yeah, and I understand the cap space went up, and this is what the players of his caliber are going to make, but I don't think players of his caliber are, that might be the highest one of his caliber. They're probably going to make about 10, $15 million less than him. Uh, next year's cap not going up as much as uh, people thought. And there was this mad rush to just you know throw money around because there was so much money available. Um, and I, the market was a bit inflated, I think. And I, I think Trailblazers are going to regret spending that much money. Maybe they could have just done just crab, but the rest of the guys they signed, not a great idea. And I think well. that's why they moved Mason Plumlee.
1: And I wrote about this for for hashtag basketball a while ago. Okay, Crab is the 23rd highest paid player in the NBA this year. Okay, he's scheduled to make 18 and a half million and 19 million the next two seasons. Okay, even if a bunch of players jump ahead of him and he becomes like the 50th highest paid player, is he going to be the 50th best player in the NBA at any point?
0: No, definitely not.
1: So, I mean, I don't understand any way that portland justified paying him that kind of money like it sounds good in theory like ooh, we have all this cap space but he's not worth it
0: unless they can trick uh brooklyn and be like yeah we paid him a bunch of money because he's so good why don't you guys take him take a draft one one draft pick alan crab and for brook lopez and a player to be named later throw it at done Just scam scam the uh the russian delegation
1: Oh, if, I mean, if they could trade him to anyone, it would be totally worth it because there's no way he's, he's getting the value that the contract lives up to. You know what I mean?
0: I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, NoHalftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge in most of the major sports. So NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA. You can basically do anything. You could take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a, it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's uh, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player, not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people a year. you got one player versus one person. If you like uh, betting on fantasy sports especially the NBA, go ahead and go to NoHalftime.com right now and use the promo code BOXES, that is B-O-X-E-S, to get started today. So let's get into the trade that everybody is dying, just dying to hear about. That is uh, well, first Birdman gonna... to the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: I mean, we got a good trade, right? I mean, that was... Not something that happens every year. So I'm, I'm just happy we got cash, a good trade.
0: Cash considerations and a protected second round. By the way, when you got to protect your second round pick, the as broke. They're <laughs> like, yeah, if it's like the 40th pick, we're still going to take it. And and Charlotte was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. We, whatever. Who oh,
1: cares? I forget what trade it was, but it happened during the offseason. And someone made a trade for a protected second round pick. And it could, they could only get it if it was pick 59 or 60. Wow. It was top 58 protected. Why Why even bother? Why
0: Why are you even doing this?
1: Because, yeah, and here's why this happens, in case anyone's wondering, in the CBA it states that to make a trade, you have to get back either an active player or an active contract, meaning like someone like Chris Bosh could be traded because it's an active contract even though he can't medically play or you have to give back draft pick compensation
0: well i guess that's
1: probably what happened here right so that's and- what i mean so it's like a cba you know just kind of massaging the the rules but yeah if it's top 58 protected that's basically just saying you're giving it away so what's the point
0: point? Yeah, and the technicality
1: yeah see to me
0: these rules to save owners themselves. I get why they exist because there's dumb owners. But then they also make the system kind of stupid. Everyone should be able to kind of do whatever they want. If you just wanted to buy Birdman for some reason you should, and you're dumb enough to do that, then buy Birdman. Um, that will, I, I mean, I think LeBron just likes to get his old boys together and hang out. And um, now Birdman is. Well, you realize Birdman in got
1: traded to the Hornets, right? Yeah, he's on, he's on Charlotte. No, no, he, he was on Cleveland. He's going. Oh, wait, to they're buying him back. Yeah. Oh boy. But I don't get it. I get it. Why teams do it who are under the salary floor? I
0: thought it was the other way around. Shows how much I know.
1: Yeah. No. Bur- Birdman is coming to the Hornets.
0: Ah, that also doesn't make any sense. That makes less sense. I mean, I don't. I don't get it either. But uh, so. I mean, this is not fancy roll, really, and that is why I don't know anything about it, and I don't care about it because it's not important at all. But what is important is a, a fancy a trade that does affect standard leagues, and that is um, the trade between Portland and Denver. Portland sent Mason Plumlee and a 2018 second round pick for Nurkic, a, uh, a fan favorite, plus a 2017 first round pick via Memphis. Um, that's kind of a, a nice pull for Mason Pumley, who was, I believe on a contract year.
1: He indeed is on a contract year. And, and just like we were talking about a little bit earlier, Portland really didn't have the money to sign him. So, so let's, uh, yeah,
0: they weren't going to sign him. They weren't going to get it. So they got something back. Not only that, they got a kind of a young, interesting asset and a first round pick for two uh, months of a player. Right? Yeah. I think they won that trade. I think it's pretty apparent that they won that trade. Um, Let's go ahead and and break this one down. Mason Plumley, um, already kind of a a lower in standard league, but a standard league relevant guy. Um, I think it hurts Mason Plumley's value. What about you? Um,
1: Mason Plumley is is now a backup center, is he not?
0: Well, I, I, they could try to do the the two towers uh, remix with Mason Plumley at the four and, and, and Jokic at the five, maybe. I'm interested to see them try some stuff, but...
1: is But it's yeah. the same thing with Nurkic. Is that lineup guarding anyone? Is Plumlee and Jokic and no, guarding anyone? Probably
0: not. Um, Mason, I don't think Mason Plumlee is playing 28 minutes a game anymore, which is what he was playing in Portland.
1: I am totally with you there. So how many minutes does he get?
0: Um, I mean... More than Nurkic was playing in um, Denver, I, I believe. I would think Mason Plumlee is good enough to uh, to break into a a regular rotation type player. Though I'm guessing it's it's not too far off, maybe twenty five,
1: twenty four, twenty five minutes. So I'm in the camp that Nikola Jokic gets probably the starting center's minutes. And it's probably between 30 and 32 a night. Only yeah. picks up the rest. So, I mean, so you're talking maybe 18, 16, 18 minutes there. I think that they maybe can fake it with them on the court together for 8 to 10 minutes. And so I could see him getting like 26 as a ceiling.
0: I think they're going to try it. Uh, they got nothing to lose, right? I think, I think they're going to give it a shot. And while he's getting that shot, it's going to be you know closer to twenty five, twenty six. And if it doesn't work out, then you might see those those numbers adjusting down for Mason Plumlee. Either way, I think because he's on the cusp of standard leagues, I think this drops him out of standard leagues. I think you can either trade him to someone who's stupid enough to take him, or or move, just drop him and, and pick someone else up on the waiver wires. Um, I would approach this as a wait and see because I, I like to play a little bit conservative and just see what happens what do you what do you have to lose if no one's going to give you anything for um Mason Plumley? then just hold on to him and, and see what happens and maybe something great happens and if so well then you made a smart move after you know a week or so so you're gonna have to wait till after the all-star game uh and he's you know not playing very much and he's being terrible then drop him then so I wouldn't drop him like tonight but uh I do see you know Probably in his future, uh, sitting on the waiver wire.
1: Um, I'm with you there. I think that the 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 reason Denver wanted to make this trade is they run a lot of their offense through Nikola Jokic, and I think the addition of Plumley is going to let them keep running their offense through that kind of center spot, even when Jokic isn't on the floor. So he should still be good for some assist production um, out of a center, which in a deeper league is may be worth it, even if he's only getting 10 points a game and six rebounds.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I see as a game adjusting uh, hardly at all, in the, and then utilizing him in that way, uh, similar to how they you know, he was getting enough touches and, and throwing enough assists in Portland. He's got the skills for it. So um, I'm not too worried about any of his counting stats going drastically up or drastically down or anything like that. Um, just enough drop-off in usage, you know, just a few percent less touches and a little bit less minutes, minutes, and he's just not going to to break that, you know, a top 120 player. I'm with you there. Let's go to the other guy in this um, trade. Uh, Nurkic is moving over to Portland. Portland does not have a starting center now. I mean, they do have uh, a couple – Ed Davis – I mean, dude, these names sound attractive to you, Ed Ed Davis or the great Myers Leonard, um, who um, did get the start, I believe, or will get the start in their next game.
1: That's that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I I I'm not jumping on any any bandwagon of Ed Davis or Myers Leonard. I think Myers Leonard can be kind of a stretch five, but I don't think he can defend anyone. Um, I think Ed Davis can, can be a a dirty work player, uh, kind of a, an energy player off the bench who grabs some rebounds and can throw in a dunk or two. But, I mean, he's he's a role player at best. Um, so the interesting one would be Nurkic. And, and I'm interested to hear your take before I give mine because mine may be a slightly hot take.
0: So mine is going to be a hotter take. I say pick up Nurkic in all leagues right now, all standard leagues. I would drop Mason Pumley for Nurkic if I had to. That's how serious I am about getting Nurkic. I think the, the situation is right. They're on a, It's on an interesting team where he can um, run pick and rolls, and he, I think he could play in, in, the, in the Portland system. It might take him a little bit to pick it up because they do run a lot of weird sets where they do a lot of weird movement, uh, which is why I, I kind of like watching Portland but I think they're going to play him. I think he's going to start eventually after the all-star break. I think he's going to play 25, 30 minutes and you go look at some of the games that Nurkic has played when he's played close to starters minutes, you're seeing games 14 and 14 with two blocks, uh, 16, 11, you have a 23 and nine game. You have a 13 and 18 game. Uh, with starters minutes, Nurkic is an incredibly interesting player and, a, and definitely a standard league relevant player. Um, if you're desperate for a center, then you, I don't think you even have a choice but to go pick up Nurkic.
1: Um, so I have a lot of questions for you. Certainly. Um, are you concerned about him being a kind of punt free throws player in that many minutes? Hmm. Um, I think he's with that many minutes. He
0: starts to approach the um, uh oh, you're you're killing my percentages type of guy. He shoots fifty percent, which is horrible. But what's it going to shoot? About another free throw a game? That's about three, three and a half. That's what? solid, but that kill I think that hurts you pretty badly. I don't think it kills you. I think you're you'd be able to. Um, Kind of adjust for that if you, if you if you needed to, but if you're in a roto league, that is going to hurt you.
1: Um, I'm with you there, and I could even see him shooting even more than like three a game. He averaged 3.1 a game last season in 17.1 minutes. Um, I could see it being closer to like four, four and a half a game, and then, then you're kind of getting in the territory where it's like, I, I don't know if I want this.
0: Yeah, Kay. now you're so starting to sh- talk
1: drumming, drumming levels. He's shooting 50% from the field this season. Last season, he shot 41. A season before that, he shot 44. Are you worried about him draining your field goal percentage in that many minutes? Uh, I'm not,
0: and this is why. I think he's all right, figured out in Denver, he's a young player. He's, he's 22. The last couple years, he's been playing 17 minutes a game. He's playing about 18 minutes a game this year. He's obviously adjusted his game. He's not taking a ton of shots a game. He's adjusted his game uh, to be able to score efficiently, and it. I'm not going to say he's not going to have uh, some droughts, so he's not going to be one of those amazing, you know, 61% shooters from the field. But I'm not too. I'm not too beat up about his percentages either because his volume is low, and I don't see it going up.
1: And and I'm actually with you on everything you said, and he's a guy I would pick up in standard leagues um, almost for certain just because I think he's got a good shot in, in 30 minutes to be, like, over a steal and somewhere near two blocks a game, um, especially if he's kind of the starting center and has to be kind of the rim protector on this Portland team. Um, the next question I have kind of pivots more to a – larger question about the trailblazers and do you see Nurkic getting a fair amount of assists or are they going to change up the offense a little bit without Mason Plumley? because Plumley was getting like four assists a game. Yeah.
0: I think Nurkic will get more chances, but he's not Mason Plumley, which, you know, I don't know what that's saying about Nurkic. Nurkic is a little bit more, um, Traditional center, which I think is why Denver was okay with uh, moving on since they have pretty much an all-star in in Jokic. Um, I see a little bit more attempts, so I I think his assists probably can go up a a tad, but I don't think they're going to be running the offense as much through Nurkic as they were. Um, Mason Plumlee. I just don't see that happening. So I see those assists staying in the mediocre range for a center, but... You know Nurkic is someone who can approach double-digit rebounds playing starters minutes, and once you get into that one steal, one block, you know um, list, which he's almost in playing 18 minutes a game. Now you're talking about something interesting, and that's and that's the reason I like him so much as a fantasy player. He can score, he's a good rebounder, and he's easily in the steals block uh, one per game, if not more. And that makes him someone who should be considered in all standard leagues.
1: And the only bit of cold water I will throw on Nurkic is um, throughout his career, even before they had Jokic and once they've had Jokic, when Jokic has missed a game or whatever, the things that hold Nurkic back from getting a ton of minutes are fouls and him in general being kind of a knucklehead. And he is 22. He Maybe he's finally growing up and, and getting over some of these troubles. But if you see a game where he plays 12 minutes early on, look at the fouls, see if he got ejected for doing something dumb. He's done it in the past. And so don't jump ship if you see one bad game.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Do watch foul intake. Um He's still, you know, I think he's still learning the game. Um, but other than that, I, don't, I just don't know where Portland goes. So looking at the entire Portland team, so how does this really affect the entire Portland team? I, I don't know where they go other than Nurkic as their starting center. Uh, you could play Mo Harkless a little bit more. We talked about Mo Harkless kind of uh, on his way up, especially with uh, Evan Turner being out for, for quite a, a bit of time. I think Evan Turner is out for at least a month and Mohar is probably getting more minutes off of Evan Turner's plate. Same with, uh, Alan Crabb, who's making all that money. Do you see this like completely affecting the lineup at all? Or do you see just kind of, this is a, as a, as a switch.
1: Um, Evan Turner, just to, to clarify, uh, about a week ago is scheduled to miss five to six weeks. So, uh, you got four to five weeks left of, uh, his broken hand injury. Um, It'll be interesting to see who handles the ball. Um, Back to the Nurkic point, the only way I think Nurkic doesn't get big minutes is if they decide to slice that center position kind of evenly between the three guys. If they give Ed Davis 15 to 20 minutes, if they give Myers Leonard 15 to 20 minutes, and then they leave the remaining minutes for Nurkic, um, I just don't really see that happening. I think they've seen enough of Davis and Myers Leonard to know what they have there. Um, And I think they kind of want to see what Nurkic can bring. Obviously, they're a pretty big proponent of Nurkic. I mean, they gave away Mason Palmley to get him. Um, And Portland is kind of known for uh, finding those
0: guys, finding the Moharklises, finding the Al-Faruq guys who play well with the skills they have and that fit a kind of fit their kind of system. So I don't know if this was purely a move to get something from nothing. Cause Mason Plumlee was going to probably walk or they weren't, they weren't going to be able to afford him, Or if this was kind of a savvier move, like, Hey, we really like this guy and he's not playing and maybe we can get him in our system. Uh, in Portland, which is um, another reason why I'm kind of interested in Nurkic. I, I, um, I'm not going to be afraid of walking away from picking him up at any time I don't see this panning out. So I'm going to give it at least two weeks after the All-Star break before I make a decision on on how it's going. But after that two weeks, if I'm not seeing any production from Nurkic, uh, I'm walking. I'm
1: out. Um, I totally can understand that. So next Portland question. Are you worried that Alan Crabb has been playing more minutes than Mo Harkless since the Evan Turner injury. Hmm. I have I have noticed that. Um, because not... C- Crab is not a fantasy guy, right? I mean, can we both agree on that? He's going to be maybe a points and a little bit of threes and not a lot of anything else.
0: It's too inconsistent for me, which um... – I know I always I tell people, you know, look at the average, take the average, but if you look at his average, it's it's still not great. Um he does have, you know, twenty-one point games, uh, where he he, he can go off every once in a while and get stats across the board every once in a while, but it's not enough a while, I guess, for me, because he's just across the board, not really a great fancy player in really any category, even playing uh the increased minutes that he's played. I'm not worried about well, and, um, I mean, Crab, but I am. I am. I'm am a little concerned that they're playing him more. But long term wise, I don't know why they would play him over Moharkless.
1: Well, and he's. I mean, if you look at Crab's season numbers, right? I mean, su- somewhat surprising to me, he's gotten 28 and a half minutes in his 54 games this season. And just look at the numbers. I mean, there's not a positive contribution in any category. No. So, I mean, even in 30 minutes, there's, there's nothing there. There's just, this is not a guy for fantasy. Um,
0: no, I think the, the worst or worst case scenario is that, you know, they, they are playing in for his defensive capabilities, I assume. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of Portland games. I do, uh, or at least I don't pay attention to Alan Crabb when he's in. But um, I'm only wanting CJ uh, to, to shoot threes the entire game. That's basically all I'm doing. And um, don't, don't judge the way I watch basketball. But I, I think there's only good things that can – if Nurkic is kind of a bust, the only there good things can come out of that with more minutes for Mo Harkless or more minutes for uh, Al Farouk someone who they can rely on to play better, you know, more quality minutes. Um, I think Alan Crabb is getting a bump because Evan Turner is out. And once Evan Turner is back, Alan Crabb will – sneak his way back down a few minutes and he's not standard league relevant. I don't, I don't think he's going to be standard league relevant for the rest of the year. So I'm not really concerned about him.
1: Um, and it's interesting to me that um, when Evan Turner comes back, he could kind of take that Mason Plumley ball handling role um, mm-hmm. and could get some decent assist numbers. Um, so that's that'd be that.
0: fun to see like a, a weird small five out of them. That'd be fun.
1: Well, and I mean, I think it just it it increases his fantasy value. Now, obviously, you got to wait four weeks. Which, if you're in a roto league, I mean, maybe that's not the worst thing. But if you're in a league where there's playoffs and you're competing for a spot, you you can't afford to wait the four weeks because you'll be halfway into the playoffs by that time,
0: uh, yeah. most likely. I'd have to be in a bigger roto league. A, a standard roto league. I don't know if I'm uh, excited about waiting around for Evan Turner to come to come back off
1: the bench for Portland. Uh, but, I mean, that's something you could see going forward. I'm um, yeah. really interested to watch this team here for the next few games and just see what in the world. Now, I, I want to see once Nurkic plays. Obviously, he's not playing tonight. Um, so we can't really get a, a good glimpse of from tonight's game. But it will be interesting to see who fills the Plumlee ball handling role. Who is that guy that they can kind of go to if they're doubling – McCollum and Lillard who are they going to try to put the ball you know in the hands of
0: yeah we might actually have to add them to our most interesting second half teams after this move um which one of the teams the other team in this trade the Denver Nuggets were on both of our lists for most interesting in this team in the second half this does change and changes uh I guess their outlook for the second half uh, let's let's deep dive into them. We said we were going to talk about the best second-half teams or the most interesting second-half teams. Denver's one of them. They're part of this trade. How does this trade affect Denver, and what are you looking forward to, I guess, um, for the rest of the season?
1: Um, this trade, I don't think, has a huge effect on Denver other than the fact that it's going to eat up you know, those back, he's going to eat up those backup center minutes, and he's going to take some minutes away from guys like Kenneth Fareed, um, who could still be traded at this point. Um, he's going to take minutes away from guys like Darrell Arthur, um, who are not really fantasy guys. So, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't really have that big of effect other than driving Mason Plumlee's value down. Um, but there's just a ton to watch for on this team. Um, everything you're hearing, Gallinari is pretty much going to be traded. Um, So that'll obviously have another big effect on the team. Um, So I'm interested to hear any of your thoughts, and then I'll I'll give you some uh, potentially hot takes on the Nuggets.
0: So yeah, I I think it's interesting because there's every I think everyone's up for grabs on this team, right? Other than Jokic, and And they traded Mason Plumlee and Jamal Murray, and those are the two guys I think I'm I'm more interested in. Uh, Jokic, let's just give props to is. Playing out of his mind right now is um,
1: as like a top ten dude. player in the in the last two months. Am I wrong about that? Like something crazy like that? He's just let, been super let let good. Let
0: me make sure he is one of three players averaging like twenty ten and five. Him and Westbrook. Yeah, in the in the last month, he is a, t- a number, ranked sixth overall, number six, and uh, twenty three points, eleven rebounds, five assists plus a steal, and uh, close to a block. Now, I will say, if you want to put an X on any other one of those columns, it's that block column. Not breaking the one block per game uh, for the year. His minutes have gone steadily up. He's going to be playing, I would assume, close to uh, 32 to 34 minutes per game. Still hasn't broken the one block a game. I think he will break that mark, but that is not terribly impressive uh, for a center.
1: But other than that, he's killing it. Just just look at his game log. He's a really streaky blocks guy. He'll get two or three blocks in a game for like two or three games in a row, and then he'll go for five or six games with no blocks.
0: Um, yeah, I'm, um, re- I'm it's, actually it's, really it's,
1: impressed. He's got two triple doubles this month. Um, That's insane. This dude is a crazy good passer. He's crazy good with the ball in his hands. He's a really good rebounder. He can really score. He can really shoot. Yeah, I he hits you. threes, everybody. I mean, this is a guy like if. This probably, is the best player no one talks about.
0: Yeah, this is your uh, Draymond Green out of nowhere player of the year. Like, I think Jokic is going to win, um, you know, sleeper of the year, if you want. I, and I know everyone was already on him, but he lived up to the hype. I think he's surpassed the hype. Hitting threes, getting double digit rebounds a game. This is this is a must own keeper. This is probably one of the best keepers uh, that you could possibly, uh, depending on your penalties. uh, This is a top keeper.
1: So, would you like to play a young guy? Would you rather in a keeper league?
0: Ooh, uh, yes, I'd love. We need to talk
1: more about keeper leagues. The people like keeper leagues.
0: Uh, Let's do it. A official would you rather keeper league. All
1: right. So, let's assume for this that the cost is. Relatively the same, like there's no real penalty for keeping a player.
0: So let's say, like, it's it's like a mid-round pick either way.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you can have Nikola Jokic, or you can have Carl Anthony Towns.
0: I knew that's who you were going to say. So this, this starts to sneak into the Gobert zone. If you remember a couple years ago, uh, Rudy Gobert was kind of primed to be this like amazing stud, and then he had a, a setback. I mean, he's injured, but he, he had a setback, and now Gobert's kind of turned it back on. The difference is jo- Jokic um, is hitting threes, is more versatile. Uh, Rudy Gobert, kind of a straightforward old-school center, while Jokic is kind of a new-school center. Carl anthony Towns, on the other hand, is a new school center, has proved that he's a new school center, and is currently eighth overall. I am keeping Carl anthony Towns. The only caveat is Tibbs running him into the ground, but I am, uh, I'm still going to go with Towns.
1: I am with you on that one. Now, this one I think is a little bit more interesting. Nikola Jokic, Kristaps Porzingis. Wow. Uh... Hmm, so
0: this is a tough one for me because I might or might not have traded for Chris Stepps for Zingas in a Keeper League recently. And I really like Chris Stepps, but I really like Jokic as well. Let's see. This is a tough one because they're not similar players when you, when you, when you, when you kind of take a look at it. They do a lot of um, good stuff. Like, they both shoot threes. But Kristaps is going to give you more threes, but Jokic is just going to give you better rebounds. Jokic is just going to give you better assists, but Kristaps is going to give you better blocks. So it's kind of like you can build a team around either one of them, but you have to build a different team around each one of them. That's a tough one. Huh. The way Jokic has been playing lately versus the way Chris Stapps has been playing lately, I think I'm going to have to give the slight edge to Jokic. Um, I think this is kind of a toss up, but Jokic seems to be able to. He has that ceiling, that triple double ceiling that I have not seen from Chris I'm
1: I'm 100% behind you there. Okay, now here is where I think things get a little more interesting. Say in a keeper league, no penalty to keep, you have like a LeBron James. Would you try to move him for Nikola Jokic?
0: Yeah. And not just because I hate LeBron James. LeBron James is a great fantasy player. But let's just do the overall math. Let's just do it all in our heads, right? Look at LeBron James minutes per game this year about 38 minutes per game i think he's either leading the league or it's pretty damn close lebron is 32 he's going to play all the playoffs this year and all the playoffs next year and i don't see how cleveland suddenly bulks up their their team um to to give lebron more nights off or um Reduce his workload. So, you're talking about a, a 32 year old guy with lots of mileage on him, versus Jokic, a guy who has shown now that he's playing uh, solid minutes that you know he can drop the occasional triple double, and he's 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 capable of um, you know big scoring numbers and big rebound numbers. And he's 21 years old. It depends on whether you're ready to win right now or not. I think that's the real key in, in a keeper league. But I, I, unless you're about to win the league, or next year you're like guaranteed to win the league if you got a player like LeBron. Uh, I'm going Jokic over LeBron.
1: I'm going Jokic over LeBron, even if I am like championship contender this year. I think the way Jokic is playing is. Comparable to what LeBron is going to give you. And you're going to get 10 years of no catch. You're going to get... I mean, I I told you, I looked at this a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. Like I think LeBron has two to three, maybe four, really healthy seasons left. And then history kind of tells us that guys start going away. They start getting hurt after that point. Especially when you've played the minutes load... That a LeBron James has played.
0: Yeah, he's he's played an absurd amount of minutes for any human being. And I will, you know, give it to LeBron. So one of the few times I will compliment LeBron. If there's anybody who can adjust his game accordingly to get another four years after his prime, it's LeBron James. The question is, why would he want to? Why would he want to become like a post player or a guy who kind of like facilitates or comes off the bench? Uh, I mean, you couldn't get Jordan away from the game. That's why he played for the Wizards and dropped, you know, like 20 points a night or whatever. No big deal. I think it was 18. But LeBron, he's got some rings after he's done with his prime and let's say Cleveland's not contending, once he going to go to another contender and play for them, I wouldn't put it past him, but like, I don't know why he would, he would play X amount of years. And even then you start seeing him drop through the rankings. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know about, I don't know how much longer LeBron has, but he's definitely got at least years or so.
1: And and I think we could play this game for a long time. I think that the the main point is, Jokic is one of the top five to ten keepers in in, in fantasy basketball.
0: Yeah, you got your Giannis and you got your talents, but then Jokic is like right behind him. I would actually put him over Otto Porter, even though Otto Porter is ranked higher. Um, Otto Porter does more stuff across the board, while Jokic is a rare breed. He's a center with threes and rebounds. Um,
1: and, and does I don't Otto Porter fully... get better? I mean, like Yeah, Otto I don't know Porter... if I fully trust Otto Porter yet. Otto Porter seems to be one of those guys who, what he's doing now seems like it's probably about all he can do.
0: It's like Damari DeMar- like Carroll, that one year he was good. You're like, oh, here we come, Damari Carroll. Now, Otto Porter is way younger than Damari Carroll when that happened. But uh, it's kind of like the perfect storm for Otto Porter. He's, hit- he's shooting 53%, um, hitting threes getting good rebounds, its kind of is a perfect storm for him right now. Um, I still think well, he's going to be very good.
1: Oh, oh, so do I. Don't, don't get me wrong, but he's shooting 46% from three, um, which is pretty historically good. <laughs> I mean, um, 53% from the field, like how, how much further can that really go up if you're shooting three-pointers? Yeah. Um, I don't really see him pushing to two steals. I don't really see him pushing past, you know, half a block a game. And so, where where can he really expand the game? I I just don't really see anywhere. Yeah, I don't can... know.
0: I don't know how he gets better, but he's young enough to get better, and so it's it's worth. I think it's worth watching. Um, let's get back to Denver, and let's go. Let's let's just take a look at this roster. Obviously, we got Jokic. I don't think we can. You can argue that he'll be the best player on this team moving forward uh, for the rest of the year what about the rest of this team let's uh, let's do a quick rank of where we where you see this team going for the rest of the year um, let's see who who would you put rest of the year second best player on Denver moving forward
1: second best or, fantasy player on Denver moving forward Whew. now you're making me think here It's a tough one and
0: granted if you want to throw in a hypothetical trade feel free but Let's say well, they don't make everything... it. I don't know. If you want to if you want to say they move somebody, feel free to say they move somebody, but I think they're they st- they're gonna move somebody for sure.
1: I mean, from everything I've heard that, that Gallo's as good as gone. They're basically putting him out there, looking for the best offer they can get, and then that's it. I mean he's they're gonna get it, they're gonna take it, whatever it yeah. is.
0: And I, I think if Gallo is good as gone, then Gallo now drops from a questionable second maybe third best player on this team to I'm not sure if you're going to be standard league relevant I need to see what situation you go to
1: I'm totally with you there so I'm not picking him as the second best player so the third best player so far this year has been Wilson Chandler I don't think he's the second best player though
0: Wilson Chandler has been around forever by the way like go look at Go look at his career, everybody. Just like, he was fantasy relevant like five years ago.
1: And Wilson Chandler's a, an always, perpetually underrated player, right? Yeah, he's perfectly fine. He's never great. But, but he's always around. I think the guy that sneaks in and is the second best player for the rest of the season is Gary Harris.
0: Ooh, that, that is a hot take, I think. That's not... not not super hot take but a lukewarm take oh what do you what do you think he why do you think he's bumping up to second best player on this team
1: well I mean he's the fourth best player right now he's really not that far behind uh, Wilson Chandler he was hurt for a while he's now finally just getting up to where he's playing the big minutes. Um he's, he's over 30 minutes a game pretty consistently now um, and in over 30 minutes a game I think he's like 14 to 15 points, especially with Gallo going, I think he's going to get some more shots. Um, he's shooting 7 or 47%. He's hitting his three-pointers at over 40%. I think he can get an uptick um, in the assists and rebounds to like three and a half to four rebounds, and, like three assists a game. I think he can uptick the steals to like 1.3, 1.4. And I just think that's the second best player on this team.
0: I'm going to find it hard to disagree with you on that. I do think there is a outside chance um, that Wilson Chandler keeps his, uh, his place at second, that there is also a chance Will Barton um, could vie for the third or second spot there. I think those three guys are very close. Um, Gary Harris is the future, I think on this team. So when you look at the second half and you look at what teams historically do down the stretch, they start playing the guys they know they're going to keep for the next year and they're going to try to build a team around. Jokic and Gary Harris are two of those guys. Uh, the third guy being Jamal Murray. And that's where I think I think Jamal Murray gets interesting. By the end of the year, he's a um, standard league guy. He might even be uh, worth a, a flyer in standard leagues
1: today. But well, you heard my that, hot take on Jamal Murray last time, right?
0: Oh, yeah. You're huge on Jamal Murray. I'm not as big on Jamal Murray. I I do believe he's talented enough to break into into standard league relevance. I I think it's going to be very hard with Barton and Harris in front of him. A trade makes it happen.
1: Do you think... Because here's here's how I'm looking at it. I think he plays some minutes at the one over Moutier. Mm -hmm. And he kind of Passes Will Barton on the depth chart in the sense that he gets some of those backup shooting guard minutes, or maybe those two kind of play together when Harris and Moutier are, are both off the court. And I guess I'm asking you, how many minutes do you see him getting, excluding that he's played 20 or 20 minutes a game so far this season, from after the All Star break forward? How many minutes a game does he get?
0: So. This is the caveat is Barton and Harris and Moutier are all still on the team. I think the max the ceiling for Jamal Murray's minutes per game is about 26, 25, somewhere in that range. I don't think it's much higher because I'm not sure how you explain to any of those players why you're not even playing. Why is Moody now? I don't think you explain to your fans why Moody is not playing or your front office. Uh, and then you, I don't see a reason why not to play Gary Harris 22, 25 minutes again. Now, um, maybe Jamal Murray's minutes are more quality. They're on the maybe with the first team a little bit more, but Gary Harris is going to play.
1: Oh, Gary Harris is definitely going to play. I think the guy who doesn't play, if someone doesn't play, is Will Barton. Gary Harris is going to get 30 minutes, I think. I think they think Gary Harris is the future of that position, and and they're probably right about that. I don't know how you don't play Will Barton.
0: Um, I don't know how you play.
1: I don't know how you play. I think they're looking to move move Will Barton and or looking to move Wilson Chandler and let Will Barton be a small forward.
0: That would be interesting. And and yeah, that's why I think it takes a move for Jamal Murray to approach 30 minutes.
1: I think they moved two of Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, and Will Barton.
0: There you go, and that 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 mixes up this team hard.
1: Oh yeah, because I mean, there's no way we can say what they get back, right? I mean, like, no, we don't know if
0: we're gonna get a starter, picks, or who knows.
1: But saying that, I think that from the point of the trade deadline slash end of the All Star break going forward. I think Jamal Murray gets 28 to 30 minutes a game. And I think it's I, a little
0: high, but if, the, if he does, he's easily a standard league relevant.
1: And then he becomes super interesting to me. And, I mean, I, I made the hot take last time that I could see kind of a Devin Booker-ish second half, and, and I'll stand by that. I mean, I think that this this dude is really talented and a really skilled player, and big things come from this kid.
0: Fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Gary Harris, I think, is the safest one here. Uh, you kind of alluded to that, that they're going to move someone around Gary Harris's um, position so they can play Gary Harris more. And if you're looking for someone moving forward for the rest of the year, Gary Harris safer, and I, I think he's going to uh, probably play more menace, which means he's going to be a, you know, a better fancy player. Um, everybody, anyone else on this team interest you at all from a standard league perspective? Even if there is a say there is a movement that gives them more playing time, is there even anyone who even
1: interests you? Uh from a standard league perspective, I mean, well, I mean, we already mentioned Wilson Chandler. I mean, like in a standard league, if he's getting the minutes he's getting right now, he, he's interesting. Uh, same yeah. same way with Gallo. Um, other than that, not really. I mean, these yeah, bench guys. guys
0: bump up to like twenty eight minutes a game. Uh Hernan Gomez or drill Arthur suddenly playing twenty twenty eight, twenty nine minutes.
1: Hernan Gomez is an interesting player to me. Um but I think he's a little too raw maybe for it to be this year. I would like to see what he does with starters did minutes. You, did you see what he did tonight when he started?
0: I did not. I have not taken a look at Oh, I will read you tonight. this
1: beautiful, beautiful stat line. Now, I will say this. The interesting thing about him, and even when they drafted him, they said this, he is supposed to be a really good three-point shooting big man. Okay. Okay? Tonight, in 43 minutes. Now, he played that big a minute a partially because of the trade, and they had a ton of guys out. Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari. They beat Lee Golden Littler. State tonight. Plumlee was out because of trade. They only had nine healthy bodies, and Mike and I talked about this a little bit before the show. They ended up playing Malik Beasley, Mike Miller, and Johnny O'Brien off the bench because they literally had no one else. Okay, Sick. so Be- they gave that that
0: team beat Golden State. That's first off insane, and second off, hey, try try trading Malik Beasley, Johnny O'Brien, maybe maybe trade those guys too. Throw them in there. So-
1: so you ready for the stat line in 43 minutes?
0: All right, let me hear it.
1: Six three-pointers made. What? Ten rebounds. Mm. Two assists. One steal. One block. One turnover. 27 points. Wow. On 9 of 17 from the field and 3 of 4 from the line. Um, I'm shocked.
0: That is impressive.
1: I think this kid is a really good player. I don't know that he's super ready for prime time. Um and obviously I think it would take a lot of movement to get him the minutes he needs, but I do think he is a power forward. He is a stretch four. Um which if they move both Gallinari and Chandler, there there could be There's some your
0: minutes. spot. There's your spot right there, yeah. If you move both those guys and get some picks back or maybe a, a role player, depends on what type of role player obviously. Um I think he's going it, to, it's too early, like you're saying. I don't know if 30 minutes is ever in his uh, wheelhouse for the rest of the season. Maybe down the
1: stretch, maybe the last couple weeks of the season. In two, 25 minutes, is he interesting to you? In what size league, if any?
0: And that's, I think, the issue because when I look at his per uh, 36, and let me go out there. His per 36. His blocks do not impress me. His steals are fine; like I think they're 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 pretty decent steals for thirty six for a big man, but not nothing that I'm gonna talk to anybody about. His assists are really they're poor. His rebounds are solid. His three pointers are something to be attracted to, and is obviously he can score. Um, how is he not just like? A glorified Ryan. How does he not turn into a glorified Ryan? Uh, Ryan Anderson. So cool. in twenty-five uh, in twenty-five minutes. Am I interested in him? It, it depends on how efficient he is. I mean, I can see him sneaking into a top one hundred and twenty ranking in 25, 30, if he's, if he's if he's playing well. But I'm not super interested he- in. him.
1: I, I'll agree with you. The only reason I don't love looking at players like this, like per 36 numbers, is like if you look to the game log, he's had a ton of games where it's been like, oh, he played one minute. He played two minutes. He played five minutes. He played eight minutes. And there there are games that were huge blowouts. And like how pumped would you be to sit there all night and then in the last five minutes of the game get in there in a 30-point game and really go balls to the wall? I mean,
0: yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, per thirty six minutes, I love to look at those for guys who get consistent minutes. But for guys like this, sometimes they're not the best way to look at it. Um, and I wish there no. was a way you could filter out some of those games where, like, oh, he played three minutes. Well, let's just not let's not worry about those three yeah, minutes. Yeah, let's,
0: let's not even count that
1: night. Um, so. The only way I would pick this guy up in any league, it would have to be like 16 teams or deeper, okay? And I I would wait till after Thursday's games and I would maybe pick this guy up just in case there was a few moves made and he got a role that made him relevant in a 16-team league, which in 25 minutes, he could be a 16-team league guy, I think.
0: Um, even a, I, I think he could even dabble into a fourteen-team league, uh, depending on your needs on in that league. I think I think he could f- play his way into that if there is a move on this team to get him minutes. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd say he's probably the only other interesting character on this Denver team. Um, I assume you're not interested in Jameer Nelson's twenty-three and seven tonight. I, I'm not.
1: I'm interested in Mike Miller's line tonight. I mean, come on. I'm not interested in Mike Miller. Mike, Mike Miller, old enough to be my dad. Can't believe he played tonight. 16 years in the league, though. Give him props Res- for that.
0: Respect. I'll give him. Keep getting them checks, Mike Miller. Keep getting them checks. Um, I think that's it for our Denver breakdown and our uh, hot trade breakdown as well. Uh, what do you got? What do you got going on?
1: Where can the people find you, Tyler? Um, you can find me on Twitter at watsy 4444 um, And I promised last week that there would be a fantasy article coming out, and I got writing that Los Angeles Clippers trade piece. So that fantasy article will be out on Wednesday.
0: Go to hashtagbasketball.com. Go check out Tyler's articles. Uh, he's writing far too much. I am not writing hardly at all because I am a slacker, and I'm, I'm proud of it. But Tyler, oh. he, he's a, he's a, working hard, hitting the beat, uh, and I respect that. He's got some good articles out there. Go check it out, Hashtag dot They also sponsor this podcast. Thank you very much, hashtag.
1: In the next week, I guarantee, during the All Star break, there is a Mike hot take on the Chicago Bulls coming.
0: Believe and me, there I, are,
1: personally, I'm excited to read it.
0: There are a couple hot takes coming. Um, there are there's a lot of management. Uh, negativity going on in the chicagoland area and uh, in fact there is a planned protest at the march uh, first weekend in march against the clippers because it is a national televised game a fire hashtag fire gar packs um there's a planned protest there's been t-shirts on reddit on the on the chicago bulls subreddit that people are selling and everyone's gonna a lot of people are Trying to organize to go to the game and chant "Fire Gar Packs" uh, during the game on national TV. I am going to be going to that game, and I will uh, let will the people know. Will you be one of
1: the people chanting "Fire Gar Packs"?
0: I am not going to buy a T-shirt, but I will be chanting "Fire Gar Packs" because they need to be fired.
1: I am one hundred percent behind you, and I think Fred Hoiberg should be in the boat.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him go. I to mind see them all go, but uh since it doesn't look like they are gonna go, uh there's another man who's gonna be moving into the crosshairs of Chicago's uh ire, and that is Jerry Reinsdorf. So watch out, Jerry. He doesn't have to watch out at all. He's rich and he can do whatever he wants, and he owns Chicago, and he brought him six rings, so he can he can kind of do whatever he
1: wants. I'm with you on all that.
0: So yeah, do do watch for the next two, three weeks if there's a trade. Then we'll definitely watch out for Bulls hashtag basketball article. You can get at me on Twitter though at watch the boxes, all one word. Feel free to tweet at either of us. And if you got feedback for the show, we'd love to hear it. Um, Even if it's negative feedback, even if it's uh, try to be constructive criticism, we do have feelings. We are human beings. Uh, But yeah, if you got feedback for the show, good or bad. Uh, questions about some trades, your waiver wire, anything going on in your league, we are happy to uh, dole out some uh, fantasy basketball advice on there. You can um, hit us up on Twitter anytime. And if you like this show, feel free to give us a rating on whatever app you're listening to this right now, especially iTunes. The reviews, writing a review and leaving a rating really, really helps us out, helps other people find out about the show, and um, just makes us feel good all around. Um, That's all we got for this evening. Tyler, thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure as always, Mike. Beautiful. Thanks, everybody, and have a great night.